Now, as we think about living the good life, uh, I wonder if, if when you travel, uh, you're one of probably two types of people. So you can, don't need to raise your hand. Uh, in the first service, we had a lot of people raising their hands. Oh, yeah, that's me. But when you go on a trip, whether that's a weekend trip, you're, you're taking a road trip, going to see friends, maybe you're going to Disciple Now Weekend, Collide, uh, and you think, hey, I've got to pack some things. Are you the type of person that's the just-in-case person? Like, I'm going to bring all of this just in case. Just in case the worship center is 55 degrees. Just in case uh, we uh, have wreck and I need a cool pink shirt that's ripped up. <laughs> so I'm going to go to Goodwill and buy that, Evan Lorenz. Uh, and you're the just in case person. I I'm going to prepare for anything. Or are you the type of person who says, I'm getting everything in a carry-on. It's a challenge. I can wear these same pants four days in a row and no one will know. <laughs> we'll pray for you. But, but do we think about those things when we, when we go places? As even as we're thinking about this weekend, as our students have uh, been in the book of Ecclesiastes, are, are we doing everything we can, everything in my power, to make sure my life is good? Or are we going through life with some sense of trust that, that Lord, I'm going to give it to you? And probably no matter how well I prepare, there's going to be things that happen in my life that aren't going to be good, that I'm not going to be ready for, and so it doesn't matter. And so as you and I think about how much we try to control uh, in our lives, really living the good life, going with Jesus is all about letting go. It's about trust. And so today we're going to look at a passage that I heard this morning, uh, your speaker at D-Now, uh, Collide. It's hard for me to call it Collide. I'm going to say D-Now a bunch because uh, that's the old school term. Uh, you'll just trust me on that. You know what it is. But, but as we think about it, I know this passage got mentioned uh, by your speaker. But for us, the rest of us, church family, those of you here and online, it's a great reminder to us about what it really means to live the good life. What it really means to go in the right direction. It's a wonderful reminder of what it means to trust when we're all about doing it ourselves. And so if you've turned in your Bible to Matthew 19, we're going to look at verse, verses 16 through 22 today. Jesus is having a conversation with a wealthy young man. Uh, who approaches him, and the young man begins the conversation. Verse 16 says, And behold, a man came up to him, saying, Teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? I want to pause you for just a second. That, word, that phrase, eternal life, the only time it's used in the book of Matthew is this place and one other place. So here's a guy who's seeking the thing that's the most important thing, the most important thing, eternal life. 
It's the only time, one of two times mentioned by someone who doesn't have it. So he says, teacher, what must I do? What good deed must I do to have eternal life? And he said to him, why do you ask me about what is good? There is only one who is good. If you would enter life, keep the commandments. He said to him, which ones? It's a great question. And Jesus said, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, honor your father and mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The young man said to him, all these I have kept, what do I still lack? And Jesus said to him, if you would be perfect, go, sell what you possess and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come, follow me. This man this is a familiar story for many of us, and this guy gets a bad rap all throughout kind of our history as we talk about this wealthy young man. But the truth is, he wants to do good. He, he wants to be good. He wants to do good so that he can have eternal life, so that he can live forever. And, and I would say he should be commended. that This young man should be commended because he's asking all the right questions He's asking questions of the right person also. If we have difficult, life-altering, eternity-type questions, who better to go to than Jesus? And so though throughout history he probably has gotten a bad rap, he deserves to be commended that he went to the right source with his questions. And even though his life in his own estimation was pretty good, he had done well, even he says that about himself later. He, he knew there was something missing. There, it wasn't quite right. There, there was something else that I need to have. And he thought it was something he needed to do. Something, a, an act he needed to perform or, or a good deed. Something that he had to check off the box. I'm pretty good, but I'm, I don't think I've made eternal life yet. I would argue that's how most of our world lives and thinks. That we've all done pretty well and we're pretty good, and so we should probably make it. But if there's one, else, one other thing I needed to do, I'd be happy to do it. So just tell me, what should I do? What good deed can I do to inherit eternal life? He's asking a big question, an important question. And as you and I think about people that we come in contact with, maybe even questions that we ask of ourselves but we don't share with anybody else, it's important to ask questions. It's important to explore and to seek and to go after the big things of life, the important things of life, the eternal things of life. And so I want to encourage you to allow people to ask big questions. Allow people to ask big questions. Don't be afraid yourself to ask a big question. Because sometimes the biggest questions in life have the simplest answers. Not always, but sometimes. They have the simplest answers. 
And Jesus knew the heart of this young man. And so rather than addressing him immediately and answering his question immediately, he pressed him a little bit. Because Jesus, you know, did this man really know who Jesus was? We're not certain. And so he presses him and said, why do you ask me about what is good? In the other passages, it expounds that. In in Luke and Mark, it expounds that because only God is good. So why do you call me good? And, oh, by the way, what's the definition of good deeds? Who decides what's good? Who, who decides what acts are better than the others? Who, where, where does that lie? Who, who's the judge of that? And so though this rich young ruler, this rich young man was eager and devout, his thinking was off. He, he was going in the wrong direction. And so Jesus wants to pull him back and help him see the only way to be good, the only way to be perfect, the only way to be complete, the only way to be right and true, the only way to inherit eternal life, not achieve eternal life. And so Jesus' answer is a very simple one when he finally gets to it. It's a simple answer, but it's an impossible one. Simple but unachievable. Keep the commandments. Oh, sure. Okay. Check Exodus 20. There's 10 of them listed there. Easy peasy. Nice and easy. And the man says, oh, thanks, Jesus. Which ones exactly? which is what you and I would have done. Are you all 10, really? No, come on. Surely there's three or four or five that are more important, that are really good. Seven out of 10, six, seven's passing. Right, if I fail a test, high schoolers, I can retake for a 70, so at least, you know, seven out of 10. If you want to enter life, if you want to enter eternal life, the good life, the kingdom of heaven, that's what Jesus calls it later in this passage, the kingdom of heaven, then keep the commandments, all of them, perfectly, without fail, never fall short. There is one divine standard, and that divine standard is perfection. And so if you and I want to inherit eternal life than just be perfect. Hmm. Okay. Thanks. Have a nice day. Now, no one's really quite sure why the young man asked the follow-up question of which ones. Which ones are good enough? Which ones, Jesus, really are the ones that matter? Because most of us, I would assume, like this young man, we're trying to find a way just to eke over the line. Just give me enough so I can stumble to the finish line. Just enough so that I can work enough to make it. So that I can get in by the skin of my teeth. I I, I want it the easy way. I want it the way that doesn't require surrender. 
I, I, I want the answer that doesn't require sacrifice. I want the answer that doesn't require faith, just simple action. So Lord, tell me what to do. Which ones will help me get over the line to eternity with you? And yet Jesus, he wants us to experience so much more. He wants us to experience the good life, the abundant life, a life with purpose, a life of freedom, a life of joy, a life of faith, one that is filled with love and compassion, one that is filled with generosity as he's going to help this young man see in a moment. That's the good life. It's not a life based on rules and regulations. It's not do this, don't do this. No, it's a life of faith. It's a life of surrender. It's a life of acknowledgement that I am in no way perfect and can never be. It's a reminder that there are no shortcuts for those living the good life. There's no shortcut to the good life. There's no shortcuts to the abundant life. There's one way and one way only. And Jesus is going to help this young man see that in just a moment. Because when he answers him, he answers his question about which ones. And he says, okay, if you really want to know, here are the five. And he gives him commandments five through nine in a slightly different order. It's six, seven, eight, nine, then five. So honor your father and mother. That's number five. He gives that one last. And then he says, don't murder, don't commit adultery, don't steal, don't bear false witness against your neighbor. Now, I think about those five, and I think, hmm, I think I've got three of those five for sure. You probably do too. You can pick the three. <laughs> I'd suggest some more than others, But at least two, right? I've got at least two of these, you know? Don't murder, don't commit adultery, don't steal, don't lie, honor your parents. I've got two of those. Until I read the Sermon on the Mount, which is Matthew 5 through 7, and then I'm sunk. And so are you, by the way. Just want to, just, we're all in misery, loves company. So let's join it. But here's the crazy part of this story. The crazy part of this story is that when this man responds to these five, and Jesus adds the love your neighbor as yourself on the tail end of that, and the young man responds with, all these I have kept. Well, what an amazing statement he makes. Like That's almost unbelievable. That, that's a miracle. It's a miracle that this young man has kept these five commandments. And the reason why I believe that to be true is because he follows it up with, what do I still lack? He's kept these five commandments, and Jesus didn't tell him he hadn't. That's an important piece of the white space here in the conversation. That Jesus didn't rebuke him and say, are you crazy? This man, if he walked into our church 
we would say, man, this guy's a model citizen. He, he, he is wonderful because those are all the things we can see. If I was Jesus, I would have said the first four. Love God, no idols, all that stuff. But Jesus points to all the external things because that's what all of us pay attention to is the external stuff. And this man says, I've done it. I, I, I've, I've handled it. And if he would have walked in here, we would have proclaimed him, surely this guy is a follower of Jesus. Surely this guy is going to make it to heaven. Surely this guy has abundant life, eternal life, because of all the things he does. And this is where Jesus turns the story, not just for the rich young man, but for you and me. He turns the story. Because we would all proclaim, surely he believes in God. Surely he has eternal life. Because all the outward trappings of it. And Jesus himself didn't strike him down right there for lying. But this man was wise enough to know that there was still something missing. And it's in this moment, in that part of the conversation, Jesus helps him. Jesus helps him understand the thing that he lacks. What is missing in my life? And verse 21, Jesus says it. If you would be perfect, go sell what you possess and give it to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and then come follow me. Jesus gives the young man two commands. He'd already given him five. He gives him two more that aren't in the book, aren't in Exodus. He gives him two more commands, and these two commands change everything. These two commands change everything about what the young man's life trajectory is going to be. He says, sell your possessions. Sell your possessions. Give everything you have away to the poor. Give it away. Sell your possessions. He was a wealthy person. Like you and I are wealthy. Did I tell you earlier we have a capital campaign coming up again? Um, so, with this man, sell your possessions. And it's, for him, it was about his stuff. It was about that thing that he was holding on to. You, you, you might be a teenager and you've got two nickels that you can rub together and that's it. Or you might be an executive in a company and you, you have means beyond what you'll ever spend. But all of us have something that we're holding on to dearly that we don't want to let go of, that we don't want to surrender, that we don't want to give up so that we can follow Jesus more closely. This is mine, and I want it, and I'm going to keep it. And God is saying, if you want the good life, if you want the abundant life, if you want eternal life, let it go. Give it up and 
follow me. It was the last thing he told the young man, follow me. This is an act of faith that he's calling this man to give up the thing that he holds most dear to his life and asking him to do something completely counterintuitive. I'm not asking you to take some big act of goodness. No, I'm asking you to follow me, to exercise faith, to put your trust in me and me alone. And that's what Jesus is calling him to do. Put his faith in Christ and Christ alone because Christ is the one who will lead him to eternal life. Jesus says it himself, no one comes to the Father except through me. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And so he's calling this young man to follow him by faith. To live the abundant life. To live a life that that is full of light because Jesus says, I'm the light of the world. And when you and I live in the light, it's hard to be in the darkness. And so what are those dark areas of your life that you're holding on to? Jesus is saying, come, follow me, live in the light. Because where there is light, there is no darkness. We like to go to the dark. And Jesus is constantly calling us to the light by faith. And so he's calling this man to follow him. And if he would live out those two commands... It would change his whole world. It would change everything about who is. It would give him the eternal life that he's seeking because Jesus promises two things to him. If he would live out those two commands, sell everything you have and follow me, Jesus gives him two promises. You will be perfect. What a deal. Who doesn't want to be perfect? We have people all over Instagram who think they are. And they want to show the world how perfect they are. But God promises it. You will be, if you will be, if you want to be perfect. Who doesn't want to be perfect? If you want to be perfect. That's the promise that if we would sell all we have give away that thing that we're holding to so tightly and follow Jesus by faith will be perfect, complete. We'll experience true righteousness. We'll understand that earthly sacrifice is nothing in comparison to heavenly gain. We'll understand that he is the one who makes me good perfect and complete will be whole that's what that word means perfect whole I want to be whole lacking nothing because this man was still lacking something he mentioned it twice he asked I know I'm missing something. There's something missing in my life. And if there's something missing in your life, there's a piece of your life that's lacking. Let me encourage you to put your faith in Jesus. Follow him because he is the way to fill that lacking part of your life. He will make you whole.
The other promise he provides is that we'll have treasure in heaven. Lots of us have treasure here on earth. Just go to your attic. You'll know that. We have lots of treasure here. But Jesus offers us treasure in heaven. And that treasure in heaven speaks directly to the last thing Jesus told him about the commands because he kind of threw this bonus thing in there after he gave the five. He says, and, oh, by the way, after you followed those five commands, and love your neighbor as yourself. Well, that's not in the 10. There's bonus money for this young man. Because God wants us to experience his great love, his unconditional love for us, so that you and I will love others. And when you and I follow Jesus, we can't help but love others. We can't help but live out what it means to be good. Not just do good, but be good. And when you and I are good, because we're following the Savior of the world, our Savior, the creator of heaven and earth, the one who paid the penalty of my sin and your sin, then we get to love others. We get to love people who cannot love us in return. That was the point of Jesus, sell all your possessions. Have enough faith in me to bless those who cannot bless you. Experience compassion and grace. Understand what it means to live in community. That's treasure in heaven. Those are the things in heaven that we're storing up so that when we get there and we're singing holy, holy, holy all the time, we'll recognize the good life that we had here because our reward will be great. Your treasure, your treasure is eternal life. Because this world, even as Jacob said earlier, is going to pass away. It's going to go away. And we put so much stock and effort and initiative in all those things that will go away. And Jesus is calling us to the good life. To a life that follows him. The good life begins and ends with following Jesus. My hope today is that we would let go of those things that distract us and we would follow him to the good life. Will you pray with me?